Good morning, Carolina family. My name is Cyan Brown and I will be presenting the sermonic presentation for Swag Sunday. I would first like to thank Pastor and Lady Cynthia Moore for this opportunity to speak with you today. I will be speaking from the subject, Shoes Swag. Here in the youth ministry, we use swag as an acronym for Safe with Amazing Grace or Salvation with Amazing Grace. So when I refer to swag, that is what I mean. Please open your Bible and grab your Bible phone and go to Matthew chapter 22, starting at verse 1, ending at 14. I will be reading the New Living Translation. Jesus also told them other parables. He said, The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. Verse 3 says, When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them the feast has been prepared. The bulls and fattened cattle have been killed and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way. One to his farm, other another to his business. Verse 6 says, Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. He said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Verse 9 says, Now go out into the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants bought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. Verse 11 says, But when the king came in to meet the guests, he had noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for the wedding. Friend, he asked, How is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Verse 13 says, Then the king said to his aides, Bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many have called, but few are chosen. Now, before I get into the text, I want to just talk a little about what's going on in this chapter. In chapter 22 of Matthew, we see that Jesus is being tested by religious leaders, the Pharisees and Sadducees. First, the Pharisees teamed up with the Herodians to try and catch Jesus up. Now, the Herodians were a political party that wanted to restore Herod to the throne of Judea and were known for enemies of the Pharisees as they differed in their political beliefs. It says something about the influence Jesus was spreading when the Pharisees were so desperate, they had to team up with their enemies to try and discredit him. It didn't go well for them. So the Sadducees took a go at trying to trip Jesus up. It didn't work, and it just made him look even more awesome. The Bible says that when crowds heard him, they were astonished. The Pharisees tried their hand one more time to discredit Jesus again and got served again. Then Jesus asked them a question, caught them up, and after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. The crazy thing about this is the Pharisees and Sadducees were versed in the scripture, which is why they felt like they could question Jesus. They knew all the law of Moses and were the big men on campus. But wait, you have this carpenter who not only knows the scripture, but is also healing, teaching, and telling folks that the kingdom of God is for all. He was threatening the place of these priests who were so pressed to hold their positions of power and were so caught up in securing their own place that they didn't even recognize the power and glory of the God they claimed to serve right in their face. God's very people were rejecting his son. So before the Pharisees and Sadducees execute their not so master plan, Jesus tells a parable about a wedding feast. And if you all recall Pastor Moore's teaching, a parable is another word for a story. Now, in this story, Jesus talks about a king who throws a royal wedding feast for his son. A royal wedding feast is like a big deal. This is a party you do not want to miss. 
the king is flossing big time. He's probably got the best wine, a bomb DJ, top-notch food, and calling some big-time decorators. Probably got some perks like the fireworks, a photo booth, expensive party favors. I mean, this party is lit. It's like Beyonce invited you to her birthday party, and you are lying if you tell me you are not going to go. Now, even if you aren't a Beyonce fan, she is a celebrity and celebrities draw other celebrities. So someone you like is going to be there. What I'm saying is it would be unusual, unusual to turn down an invitation like that. So anyway, the king sends his servants out to tell the invited people to come. So the king had a guest list. They go knocking on doors, making this grand announcement about this amazing party going on and the invited folks refuse to come. Now, at this point in the text, I am lost. Why are these folks turning down free food and drinks? The king sends some more service and says, look, tell them that I have prepared dinner and everything is ready. Come on to the wedding banquet. The king sent his service out again and the people ignored him and went their own way. Some even assaulted and killed the servants. Now I'm really trying to figure out what is going on. So someone invites you to a party and you kill them for it? All I could think is that these folks really didn't want to come and went so hard in their refusal that they literally killed the messenger. Okay, so at this point, the king is furious. He sends his armies to destroy them, burn their city. And in this part of the story, Jesus is referring to the Jews who have rejected him, including the Pharisees, Sadducees, and the Herodians. These are the folks I was talking about earlier trying to trick Jesus. In this parable, the wedding feast is salvation. It's the swag. Jesus is the son and the king is God. Invited guests that Jesus is saying turn down the invitation so harshly to the point of murder are the Jews, including these Pharisees who plotted the crucifixion of Jesus. I mean, the rejection of it all. God's chosen people, those who were supposed to be expecting the coming of the Messiah, had now rejected him. They were so wrapped up in protecting their own positions that they missed out on the invitation of Christ, the invitation to swag, which brings me to my first point. Don't miss out on the swag chasing swag. So that is swag with capital letters versus swag with lowercase letters. In other words, don't miss Christ chasing clout. Clout in hip hop world means influence, fame, or power. We are so caught up in social media and who is doing what, getting likes, setting trends, chasing money and fame that we miss the call of God. We even reject it in pursuit of our heart's desires. See, in verse five, where it says those invited ignored him and went on their own way, one to his farm and another to his business, it says right there. They were so caught up in themselves and in what they had going on that they didn't recognize the invitation of a lifetime staring them in the face. Some of the Jews were ready to kill Jesus for fear that he would steal their clout. They were so worried about it that they missed out on a part of being a part of God's kingdom. The guests originally invited missed out on a special invitation chasing the wrong thing. So now that the invited folks have turned down the invitation, the king tells his servants to go out and invite everyone, good and bad alike. The text says, go to the street corners. Like at this point, you don't have to be distinguished, noble, rich, famous, none of that. You don't have to be this tall to ride the ride. The king said, all are welcome. This part of the parable is where we understand that now the invitation to swag has been open to all. That includes you and me. The king 
to the good, bad, poor, rich, mean, nice, lazy, diligent. You get what I'm saying? This brings me to my second point. You do not have to have it all together to rep swag. It did not matter to the king how much clout you have, how many followers you have, how much money you have. Why does it matter to us? How You don't have to have it all together to rep Christ in this world. You just have to have swag. And once again, I'm talking about salvation with amazing grace. It starts with accepting the invitation and not allowing the cares of the world to keep you from missing out on the greatest invitation of your life. I believe that not everyone who was invited said yes. Some chose to stay in this situation and probably said, I'm not dressed properly or I'm not good enough yet to attend the wedding feast. Or they had other priorities. Nevertheless, the invitation was extended to everyone. I mean, the original disciples of Jesus were least likely to be chosen for the task, but they accepted the invitation. Jesus said, come and follow me. And they dropped everything. They weren't concerned about what they was leaving behind or what they were dealing with presently. They didn't have it all together. And by no means did it stop them from accepting the invitation to swag. So now the party is hype. People are experiencing something they have never experienced before and may have not been able to experience if it was not for the king's invitation. Like they were eating the best food and drinking the best wine, enjoying all the fruits of the king's house. This is like a dream come true. If I was invited to Beyonce's house and she was like, girl, you are welcome to anything in my home. Best believe I would be so juiced, so happy and thankful and headed straight to the closest closet to try on some clothes. When we receive salvation through God's amazing grace, it's something that we didn't work for. We didn't deserve it. We weren't entitled to it. Please understand that this is a gift and we can absolutely take no credit for it. Just like the folks who were invited to this wedding feast. Now the king comes in to meet his guests and he finds a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for the wedding. This man came to the wedding. I mean, why not? All are invited, but he was not appropriately dressed. If I'm invited to a birthday party and the theme is 70s and I show up in some leggings and a t-shirt, not only am I not dressed properly for the party, but I'm now insulting the person who invited me. I'm telling that person that I'm going to come eat your food and drink your drinks and mingle and have a good time, but I didn't think enough of you to come dressed properly. Now this wedding feast was intended to honor the king's son, but this man just came and partied. He didn't even give a thought to honor them. He was more than happy to come and take, but show that he had no love or honor for the king or his son by disobeying the dress code. Which brings me to my last point. Representing your swag has more to do with your actions and nothing to do with your appearance. This man's attire is an example of how we accept the invitation from Christ, but not allow it to change us. There are many of us who come to church, work in church, have WWJD bumper stickers on our car, but we do not represent Christ in our daily life. We do whatever we want without a no thought of how it hurts God, no thought of how Christ died and so that we could be free from the very thing we are addicted to, just like this man at the wedding feast. We do what we want to do. Our hearts are so far away from God that we don't even have a response when he comes to us in our state. In verse 12, you will see that the king comes to the man first about his actions. And the scripture says that the king asks him, friend, how is that you are here without wedding clothes? When we are not representing Christ right, best believe he is going to come to us. He may come through a friend, a family member, or a complete stranger. But the question is, how will you respond? 
please do not respond like this guy. In the scripture, it says that the man had no reply. He could have said, I'm so sorry. I didn't have anything to wear. Could you please supply me with the right garment? I mean, this king invited people from the street corners. I am sure not everyone had the proper attire and I'm sure the king supplied them with the right clothing, just like God will supply us with our needs. But this guy said nothing. He decided right then and there that he was not going to change. And as a result, he was bound and thrown out. When God shows us our error, we have a choice to receive, repent, and allow God to continue to change our hearts. It is through this process that we grow and we become a true representation of Christ in this world. It is not enough to say, I'm a Christian. You can't stop there because this world is looking for authenticity. Authentic believers who have accepted the invitation, accepted the gift of salvation, and the personal relationship with God that comes with it. Jesus ends this story with a simple statement. For many are called, but few are chosen. The name of Carolina's youth and young adult ministry is chosen. We have been taught what it means to be chosen by God, what is needed to be real disciples, what growth in God really is. And when it boils down to it, it is about loving God and keeping him first and choosing his way, not our own. The man who was cast out of the wedding didn't have to be. He could have chosen right then and there to make a change. And so can you. We can truly be among God's chosen. If we make a choice to give up our will for his will, we can really rep Christ on this earth and invite others to be chosen as well. Anybody can have swag. All you have to do is receive it and hope in your heart so God can show you how to rock it.